Well, welcome, everybody. You're listening to A Night at the Roundtable. We're coming to you live on bbsradio.com, Station One. My name's Caroline Oceano Ryan. I'm just going to MC a bit this evening. And I'm here with my absolutely amazing co-hosts, psychic medium and soul historian Omina McGee, and our Faction Three White Knights, uh, Rama Arjuna and Tara Green, and our panelists, Micah Green and Penny Christofferson, and we hope Randy Miller will join us soon. So we won't have a guest this evening. It will just be purely a discussion evening. And of course, we're really happy to hear from anyone with questions or comments. The numbers to call for Station 1, 888-627-6008 or 323-744. 4831. Again, that's 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. So to start us off today, we'll have a short meditation. Um, Omina, would you love to give us (laughs) a meditation? Otherwise, I will. (laughs) I will give you a meditation because... I've been guided to give a meditation. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. And it might be a little bit longer than the normal one, but I will try and keep it down because for for all of us on the show and our listening audience, this meditation is on etheric ribbons, a cords, you might say, that we have connected to emotional cords to some people in our lives. And anybody on earth has a cord. So any of you that are in denial about it, imagine it. That's all you have to do. And I want you to pick whatever chord it is, it is because tonight we're only doing one chord that can be to your mother, your father, your siblings, your teacher, somebody in your life that caused you any kind of pain or that forced you to make absolute decisions to survive. Now, sometimes the chords also are coming from past lives, but it doesn't really matter where whether it's present or past. The point is the cord needs to be let go in order for us to grow. So on that note, please get very comfortable. For anyone that can lie down flat, do so. Put your hands by your side if you're in a chair. Put your hands on your knees with your palms up. And I just want you to begin to deep, to do some deep cleansing breaths. Deep cleansing breaths are wonderful. If you can do them for over an hour, it's even better because it releases a lot of trauma on the cellular level. So as you take that deep breath and you feel your entire body relaxing, Then keep taking it. Imagine yourself standing in the floodlights. That is God's light. Allow yourself to sponge up and soak up this light. It's a beautiful soft white light that you're surrounded in. Almost like being on a cloud. Feel your entire body relaxing even more as any stress or strain is washed away. Breathe deeply and slowly. Visualize yourself opening your Chakra, your crown chakra, 
and relax the muscles that surround your skull. Imagine your skull being mush. Breathe deeply and continue open all the other six chakras as you go down your body. Just allow them to open up. You don't have to worry about making them open up. Just allow them to open up. And remember just to breathe through all of this as you're doing it. Do the very same thing with your minor chakras. Call in your spirit guides to your side and ask for their protection and their guidance as you continue to breathe slowly and deeply. As you breathe in, visualize yourself becoming part of the white light that surrounds you. Know that you are lifting your vibrations into a spiritual one. Create a picture of your of your person, mother, father, brother, uncle, grandmother, whatever that person is, whomever that person is, standing before you. Breathe slowly and begin to scan their body. You're looking for a cord. It may take any form such as a glass, a hose, a rope, a ribbon, a string, and so on. Follow this cord with your eyes. See it descending from the person that you have in your mind to the floor. If you have trouble visualizing, then trust your mind to know where it is and approach it and breathe deeply. Now pick up the cord and begin to feel it. Looking closely at it. Feel the texture, the size, the weight. Begin to follow it towards yourself. It's very long. You may lose the image of the person as you follow the cord. Do not be afraid. Breathe deeply as you leave. Your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your uncle, whomever it is. And begin to wind your way as though coming out of a dark cave. Continue to breathe slowly and look for a change in the cord's appearance. If it's a rope, it may suddenly become a ribbon. If it's made of glass, it may become plastic, it may become mush. And at this point of change, pause and notice your body reaction. Do you hate it? Do you love it? Do you, what is it that you? it's bringing up in you? Notice how tense you've become. Breathe deeply and ask yourself why. Wait for your spirit guides to give you some images. As you see the images, you may or may not see them, but if you do, simply breathe through it. You can try to interpret them or ask what does it mean. This may be very simple and direct, as they may be symbolic. For example, a, ba a baby means dependency. A spider or a crawling creature means childhood fears. Breathe deeply and slowly. And acknowledge that you no longer need this childhood memory and this fear or anxiety. It could be lost, it could be hurt, it could be anything. It could be betrayal. Ask your spirit guides to take this fear away, but you have to be willing to give it up. So give it up, be willing to let it go, and keep breathing slowly and feel yourself relaxing as you are healed. The cord is once again in your hands. Continue to follow the cord until it changes again. 
Keep breathing deeply, deeply and once again notice your tension. Watch and understand the symbols that your spirit guides give you. Now surrender to them for healing. Take several deep breaths and then continue to follow the cord. Know that you're coming to close yourself now, to yourself now. Breathe slowly and deeply as you begin to follow the cord up your body. Look for the point where the cord is joined in your body. This is very important. Just deep breathe in, gently take the cord in your left hand, which is the hand of unconditional love, and look around for ascending stairs. If you can't find them, create them. Breathe slowly and climb these stairs. As you carry the cord up the stairs, it may change in weight. Acknowledge this change if it occurs and, continue, and you continue to climb. Keep breathing slowly and begin to look for your higher self at the top of the stairs. When you see your higher self, stand still. Breathe deeply and see how wonderful your true self is, standing there to greet you. Your higher self is your true self. A perfect you, beautiful and complete. Invite this perfect you to assist you. Surrender to your higher self. Pay attention to the cord you're carrying. Create a knife in your mind and set the cord as close to your body as possible. If you have trouble cutting it, acknowledge that you're afraid and ask your higher self to do it for you. Give yourself permission to let it be cut and wait. Deep breathe. And let yourself see hands coming towards the cord with something to sever it or pull it from you. Watch it happen. It cannot hurt you. Hold your breath as it is severed and then breathe deeply as you release. You are taking your first new breath of life. You are now free. Climb the remaining stairs and embrace your higher self at the top of the stairs. Breathe deeply as you sense a completion with this union. Now turn around and look down the stairs and say to yourself, I am free, I am. Keep saying that until you believe it, till you feel it. Feel elated and let yourself breathe in life. Attune to your spirit guides. Feel their joy in seeing you free. Thank them for helping you attain this joy. Breathe slowly and prepare to return to normal waking consciousness. Sense how much energy you have acquired. If it seems to be too much, send it as a ball of light to the person that your cord was attached to, as they need healing too. Bless your mother for giving you life. And thank all those that have helped you through life. Begin to descend the stairs. Visualize yourself clothing the major minor chakras. By the time you reach the bottom of the stairs, you will be aware of your physical body and the position in which you are lying. Just breathe slowly and gently. Move yourself into a sleeping position if you can. If not, wake up from your chair. And you can dream and know that you're making a new mindset 
and that you're now healing your lower self in mind, emotions, and physical body. And when you're ready, you can sit down and write what you felt through the whole thing. And this meditation you can listen to anytime you want because I'm sure you can download it from the radio show. On that note, I thank you and wake up and join me. Amen. I pass the talking stick. Thank you so much, Omina. That was so powerful. Really, really amazing. I hope uh, so. Yeah. I haven't, I, I've heard of meditations like that, but that was just very powerful. And I'm definitely going to use that one again. Thank you so much. And I hope everybody um, really um, was blessed by that. I hope that, so too. Yeah, absolutely. We can hear it again uh, with the replay. Those are usually up within a few days. Oh, so, good. Yeah. So um, did you have a an energy update that you wanted to share with us, Omina, while you're on the line here? Well, I don't, I don't think I really have an energy update because I'm still trying to understand all the energy because all I can do is go up and down with it the way that's how it affects me. Some days I am lots of energy, no nap, no nothing. Other days I come in the door and the first thing I, I, I just have to lie down. What the energy is doing to me, it seems to hit me all of a sudden. It doesn't matter if it's before dinner, after dinner. I might get up feeling tired, but then I'll rattle around. I'll be okay. But sometimes it hits me where I have to lie flat. I just have to lie down. Mm-hmm. And I do lie down. Give myself 15, 20 minutes, and I'm fine. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else does, you know, experience. Yeah, I've, I had to do that. I've had to do that as well. And usually I can never nap in the middle of the day, but I found it necessary in order to keep going. Exactly. 20 minutes, you know, it's just necessary. I'm just grateful I can do it. I mean, I'm grateful I have the time to do it. Yeah. You know, where I'm not working full time and people demand a lot of things. Now I can just say, that's it. I'm not talking to anybody else. I don't want nobody to bother me. I'm going in my room and I'm going to lie down. <laughs> Very good. And I do. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much. Um so I guess we'll pass that talking stick to uh, Micah or Penny, wh- whoever would like to um, give us their um, report. And I don't know, Micah, if anything interesting is going on with Mr. Kesh this week, uh, but we're always happy to hear that, hear about that. So I'll leave it up to whoever would like to jump in. Penny, would you like to give us an update? Yeah, sure, I will. Uh, t- uh um, I agree. I agree with Omina about things going up and down um, like that. And some days it's a little bit of a headache here and there. And sometimes it's my eyes. And oh, but I had an experience last week that um, ended up involving um, my um, receiving some information from Janet uh, Dorr, who's been on the program. And it had some interesting ramifications. So I'll I'll be short. I'll try and be short. Uh, well, I am short. I mean, I'll try and talk too much. Um, I was having um, trouble last week. Tuesday it hit me with uh, muscles in the back of my leg, my right leg. I woke up in the morning and they were so tight. Um, they hurt. And when I moved them, it made me cry. It just, they were so painful. 
And um, I got eventually, I, I worked on them and moved my ankles and did a few things and got myself up and going, but I was limping and I wasn't too happy about it. And that morning, I also uh, got uh, an email of information from Janet Dore. And it, cons- it consists of a, an address, and maybe the rest of you, if you're on our list, have gotten it as well. Uh, she was on a program called Happy, Happy Vise, and there's, a, um, there's a, an interview that she was doing. And essentially, what, she had, what had happened to her was that last Thanksgiving, she fell down some stairs at her home and um, did a number on both her ankles. And it caused her to do an incredible amount of work on herself. And what she discovered in the process was that there were a lot of people who were having problems with their legs and their knees and their ankles, essentially the lower half of their bodies. And as she was doing the work on herself, she said, I took the hint from spirit and uh, was listening because I was hearing a lot of the people that I talked to saying the same things. So she ended up creating a program uh, that uh, has four four parts to it, I think. And um, she, she called they called it she called it restore the spring in your step. And in the ad and in the information that she sent out, she talked about the various parts to it and talked about um, asked people if they experienced a number of things about their. Um, lower feet and lower legs and um she some of the things she she talked about i printed it out of course and made a document because in the end what i did was take it to my massage therapist and we went over it together and i pointed out some of the things that i was having issue with but because they had been stretched out over time or only came on now and then i never realized or thought about the idea that all this was related and that was the benefit of the information that I got from Janet. And um, like the fleeting pains in your feet or toes, just out of the blue. And they're just, they're not, they're like a, like a hammer hit you. It's not like an ongoing pain or a, it's just a, sh- a quick, sharp pain. And it can happen in any, any part of the foot. And then, of course, I've had sprained my ankles a lot when I was a kid, falling down gopher holes. So, I'm all, I always have troubles or don't always anymore, but I've had troubles with my ankles and certainly my knee. And, um, I've had enough falls. Um, that was 10 years ago. I realized I've, I've still got a fear of falling and I'm very careful when I'm going up and down stairs, even when you would think there's not a need to be, I'm not talking about icy, icy steps and so on. So, she talks about what all of these things mean. And as she was finding, she had arthritis in her right hip, for example. And with the work that she did on herself, she even healed her night vision, which I think is pretty, uh, pretty uh, important too. So anyway, uh, I went to see my, uh, I could have gotten uh, Janet's, taken Janet's program for a number of things that she was offering. But my uh, massage therapist here in town has got a lot of, um, uh, experience and different programs um, in her toolkit. So we went over the list together and she, she looked at me and she said, you know, I noticed that too, but she had never put any significance on the fact she had also. So what she gained out of that meeting that we had last week was 
that she realized people are telling her the same thing. And these are all about, uh, says Janet, um, there, where did I find out that? Um, yeah, it's about reestablishing, you know, balance with the earth and regaining physical strength and flexibility and um, receiving messages from your body, in send, which is sending in those aches and pains and wanting you to listen to them and releasing beliefs and energetic connections to unfavorable health conditions, unfavorable health conditions in your ancestral le- uh, lineage, all kinds of things, um, which I never thought about. So essentially, uh, not only did I get some help from my massage therapist, uh, she got some things to think about as well. But that's what Janet was um, linking, feet, ankles, and lower legs in particular. And, and of course, once Tasha started, you know, she ba- made sure that all the rest of me was balanced before she started working on those. And she found some incredible tension in that one leg, which is the leg that um, uh, I hurt in 2004 when I fractured my tibia and had to have uh, knee surgery. And it's just decided now it's going to cause me a little grief. So if anybody, and she says that we have, we came to the earth, spirit said to her that we came to the earth, you know, to dance through life. Uh, And now, you know, we want to feel sure-footed and we want to move forward in joy and we want to step out in our authenticity and we want to be footloose and fancy free and embody the new energy that's coming. So I just pass it on. If anybody else has had the same experience and go find your massage therapist and have a good chat and get some work done. And I'm going back again on the 12th. I think it is of March to have some more work done. It's been quite, um, quite the situation. When I left her that afternoon, I went down the hall to the bathroom and then turned around afterwards and came back and said, I feel like I can stride again. Um, you know, I like to walk fast and I had realized I was slowing down and slowing down. And when she finished working on me, I could actually walk with, uh, assurance again. And then three days later, I was out and about and all of a sudden I said, I feel different. So a few days later, something else overcame and it was like a whole bunch of energy uh, further energy had disappeared. So that's all happened to me since last Tuesday. Uh, that was the 20th, and here it is the 29th. So that's been quite a lot going on. Um, just and and doing everything else I do as well. You know <laughs> that's going on underneath. But it's been very very interesting, and I'm glad that uh, my own massage therapist has found it really helpful too. Uh, with the people that she deals with. So that's my adventure in that arena for the last eight days, nine days. So that's the end of my report. Okay. I think you made some absolutely terrific points, Penny. I also am on Janet's email list. And the punchline here, (laughs) you might put it, um, as we um, 
are talking about Janet and her work is that I saw that email and I immediately emailed her and said, oh my gosh, this is amazing uh, that you found people with, you know, the the feet and legs and ankles issues, etc. Uh, so many. I mean, she was really avalanche when she was on that Happy Vice uh, telesummit. I didn't see the interview, but um, she said that, um, you know, people have been writing to her about it. And I have worked with her personally and she's absolutely amazing. And I said, can you be on our show again, please? So she'll be on night the round table on april 25th so we really, oh wow okay good yeah, so you'll have a lot to chat about with with uh janet when she's on penny and mm-hmm. uh, she's just as an amazing human being and i'm glad that you've got a sensitive and aware and uh, open and receptive um chiropractic therapist whereby uh, you can um suggest things to her and she's open about it and and really hears you that is fantastic yeah, she's the one who's uh, been guiding me through light body stuff too. So oh she's she, yeah, she's really she's really uh into all kinds of things and she's um been speaking every now and then she'll start speaking light language. It just depends what she's doing with me too. So I'm learning a lot from her and not just in terms of having um, cause I'm always asking her what's happening, you know, why, why is this happening and so on. And so when she's back in her body, she tells me, <laughs> otherwise I know the symptoms, you know, when she's not there, <laughs> it's just she's her hands. Maybe she's using energy work. She's working on someone. Maybe she's off. She's channeling energy. Oh yeah, she is very much. Oh yes. She's amazing. Yeah. And I can feel the difference too. You can feel it when she's working. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, so oh, she's aw- she's awesome. <laughs> and oh, what's more, she and I we're she's funny as hell too when we get going. So that's good. I like it. <laughs> that's great. Um, oh, I'm so glad. And I'm I'm for myself very relieved that so many practitioners now, many many more doctors and therapists and uh, physical therapists, in other words, also and uh, dentists are female now, as opposed to when I was a kid, almost none were. And uh, I do find that, without trying to sound sexist, I do find that women are more receptive to questions and comments. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I'll just mm-hmm. say. That. Um, but women practitioners. So uh, thanks so much, Penny. And um, Micah, have you got a report for us at all? And we're happy to hear it. Thank you, Caroline. And greetings to all of our listeners from around the planet and throughout the cosmos. <clears throat> While in recent developments with the Keshe Foundation, a most amazing gift has been given to mankind, and that is the cosmic ray plasma materials a um, couple hundred years ago man named a man named darwin from cambridge university came up with the theory of evolution and this shocked the christian rele- leader religious leaders of the day and they created a division and polarity of ideas which has become almost like a war between those who believe in a god and those who believe in science This war has affected all of us in one way or another, and very little of it is based on reality, rather an ideology, sentimental emotions, and who has the most power at the time. The religious people claim every word in the Bible is a fact, and even at that time, they used to say the world was only 5,000 years old because of written history. The scientific people throw out evidence 
and data that don't fit with their theory, or they make unproven assumptions and expect everyone to blindly believe them. It's very interesting to dissect this conflict, because on one side you have the British colonialist elite, and on the other side you have the religious leaders, and even though at times they work together to control the masses, at other times they compete with each other for power and control. In the past few months, Mr. Cash has heavily exposed the holy books as mostly made-up stories, burrowed from earlier cultures, with only the names changed to fit those who wrote them. As knowledge seekers, we need to start to learn to analyze and think for ourselves about what we experience in our world and how we want to live our life. The true knowledge of creation is being given to us now, because now with the huge power of these cosmic ray plasma materials also being given to us, we have, a, we have become a responsible for its correct usage so that humanity can survive. The theory of evolution is not totally right, and neither is the belief in a creator totally wrong. It's for us to discover which part is right and which is wrong, and to understand the essence of creation, to be able to manipulate it for the good of all. And also, in today's Knowledge Seekers workshop, Mr. Kesh announced that they will begin assisting the Palestinians with food, nutrition, elevation from pain and injuries by the end of this week through the transfer of cosmic ray plasma materials. Uh, more on this as it develops. And with that, I pass the talking stick back to you, Caroline. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, Micah. I appreciate that bit of history as well. Always very uh, interesting. Uh, t um, sorry, Caroline, can I add a word or two from Randy? Because I asked him what he wanted to say, and he, he brought up with me what Micah has just said, and he put it in terms of next. Is I'm not sure just exactly when this is going to happen, but that through the telephone, uh, they're going to be he, the foundation is going to be providing uh, medicine and food for the Gazans with through their telephones, and that's I think the exercise. That's the experience that Caroline um, uh, Rainbird has already had, and I know that Randy's had the same experience. I've never I've never done it. I don't know about Micah either, but that's what Randy wanted to to say too that. He was going to, Hikesh was going to cause this to happen in the face of um, uh, Mr. Netanyahu. So that's just a little bit more on what Micah was saying. Sending um, the vibration of the GANs through. Of, of food and of food and um, medic, medic, whatever medicine they might need. I don't know how he's going to do it, but they can do it through the telephone, Caroline. Oh, gosh. How it is, it's that? amazing. Oh, how mind-blowing is that? I was just um, talking to uh, Archangel Michael today and um, our galactic friends, and, and I've done this before. It probably, you know, I don't t change timelines single-handedly, but I'll keep asking, you know, this is too much. This has to stop. Can you come in, please, you know, on a stronger level? And it's a very more, much more complex situation than what you or I could image, I'm sure, but yeah, um, that is just wonderful if they're able to do all that. How amazing! Um, more power to 
our, our friend M.T. Cash and, and his, his crew. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it was on this call or one of the others. I asked Rainbird if she was eating anything now and had she lost a lot of weight. And she said she had, you know, and that when any food that she ate now, she was eating for the Palestinians. And I remember one time when she was on a vision quest, she was eating food for other people, not for yeah. herself. So, which is a technique we could all use too, but it's just that it's nothing that ever occurred to me, to be honest. So anyway, just that's just a little bit more on that subject. Well, was she using the GANs or was she just working energetically in meditation? How, how was she? Um, well, first of all, she them? does use the GANs and she's been okay. using it longer than Randy has because she's been an, in, in a knowledge seeker for longer. But no, she actually took two of the sessions that uh, were offered. Um, oh, this was a little while ago. And you, you book a session and with the foundation and there's, um, you're assigned, you know, whatever your readout is, they do a readout somehow. And then the program that you get through the phone is for you, whatever there, you can ask for things to be looked at. And th then there, I guess there are other things that they can see that where help would be a useful thing to balance you. And then that's done energetically. And you just sit there and receive it or lie there and receive it, you know. And in the beginning, it used to be that you, you remember a little while ago, you, you sat in a in an egg kind of a structure that opened sure. halfway and then you lay down and, and it was done that way. Now it's done through the phone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, the shifts in technology. Oh, my gosh, how mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you for that update. Yeah, That's okay. Valuable to know all that. Thank you. Um, so we'll have to ask and learn more about, a bit more about that. Maybe Carolyn can be on the show at some point. Rainbird can be. And uh, we can ask a few questions if she's open to that. But um, she certainly used to be on radio. <laughs> so um, uh, Raman Tara will call upon you. And um, we would love to hear your energy update and then also Rama's latest news. So uh, galactic good news, hopefully. So we'll pass that talking stick over to you. And you will need to unmute. <laughs> there we go. Greetings. Greetings. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Um, and thank you, Mina, for... What a wonderful meditation, yes. And thank you, Penny, wow. And thank you, Micah, wow. <laughs> um, very amazing uh, times we live in, and I'm really glad to be alive and participating. Rama, you were just reading something on your phone. Yeah. Can you tell people what it said there? Um, I really don't know who this person is, but maybe some of you all do. Um, Prince Michael of Kent is one of the highest ranking global Freemasons. His son-in-law was discovered dead under mysterious circumstances at the age of 45. His son-in-law was employed at a company called Voltan 
capital management. In Mayan mythology, Voltan was regarded as a Mayan god with human sacrifice being part of the rituals associated with him. Uh, just, you know, part of what's happening is the energies get higher and higher. The black nobility, I don't know how noble they are, they're going down fast, like I keep saying. And, um, they, uh, there's, uh, um, a king from Norway that's in the hospital in Malaysia with a mysterious virus. And it's not the COVID yet, you know, all kinds of crazy things are going on. And Tom and Sweet Angelique the cat are saying that you might say the cosmic time lords are raising the energies up to the 12th dimension. Whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, but it's being raised up and we can embrace it or we can choose to, you know, experience samsara. Is that, you know, that's the scene. And it is part of the ascension process because Earth is well on her way to ascending us along with her as we so choose. And it's becoming more, you know, outlined, crystallized with what's happening. Every day I'm watching the sun just get more and more outrageous with the solar flares. Uh, Mercury and Saturn are conjunct the sun. And as you go to the Soho satellite website, you can see the sun Mercury, Saturn, and it's, um, what I can say is everything's lining up for this ascension process. This is why the dark side are losing it so fast, so hard. And every day we see more outrageous stories that I don't even know how to talk about without kind of crying. I mean, they killed 129 people in the last 24, 48 hours in Gaza wanting food. And I don't know how that relates to the cosmic energies coming in, but as more and more people are agitated and upset with the circumstances they're in, and it's only going to get more intense and Everybody I talk to is saying, blaze the violet fire and focus on sending more love. It's how we get through this. It's um, a challenge to watch it and at the same time knowing there are cosmic choices we can make to not engage in the drama so to speak. It's um as what I'm experiencing is I do what Aurora Ray has been teaching us, the Kundalini activation technique with breathing and doing the Adi Shakti mantra. It is changing 
things really fast. Yes. I was supposed to say, Rama, that uh, this is just pulling the memory from um, uh, a statement that segment made and others that, and I'm going to use um, that John Lennon poster where he says, I know that Caroline has it, but it says war is over. And then it says, I guess at the bottom, if you want it. And right, Caroline, am I right? Okay. Uh So what mother said is karma is over on planet earth. And that same subtitle, if you want it. (laughs) That's what mother said. In other words, the energies that are being made available right now, which are at the 12th dimensional level and higher. So as we pursue uh, knowledge of higher conscious awareness, that kind of knowledge, that will uh, say to the universe that you want this energy so that you will be able to receive it and really got to want it though. You're not just uh, sitting there and all of a sudden everything's going to elevate you up. You got to know what's coming and you got to open, you know, choose it. And the way that that's being said, and I think that's what John Lennon was saying too, is the way you choose is with your heart. So let's just say that's the case and Rama you want to read something now right yeah okay um this starts on Monday I went and received a healing treatment from Rana Mood this morning she said to me Lord Rama geomagnetic waves along with the solar flares are raising the energies up to the highest level of cosmic law for this moment in time This is a very exciting and very intense time to be alive on planet Earth. As we work with each other to calm down the war consciousness of Earth, things will lighten up. It takes all of us to do this. Continue to work with the violet flame and the emerald green ray. And as you do the Kundalini activation breathing, Aurora Ray is teaching us it can literally change space and time. This is the best time to be alive as you talk to the quantum field that has all the answers. You have got to slow down the monkey mind to listen. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, Grace the Violet Fire. And this is Tuesday. I sat with eight deer and four crows today at 1045. They weren't very talkative today. And I got the overall sense they were concerned about the strong wind because they naturally know their scent can be picked up by other animal predators, and the predators may not have the best intentions at heart regarding the deer. 
Then I received a text message from Lady Nada and Mr. X at 11.13 this morning. They, they were near Beirut, Lebanon. Lady Nada continued, Lord Rama, there could be a ceasefire in orbit. This needs to be a permanent ceasefire and dialogue needs to become the priority rather than flying bullets. Between you, me, and the lamppost, Lord Rama, this could be over in a matter of nanoseconds as the captain were to give the word. We, the people, have the power to change this by working with the threefold flame and the energies coming in. The sun is pouring in, pouring golden buckets of that monoatomic gold stuff. Even though things look very bleak, we are the ones who showed up to see it through. That flash is extremely near. As you are having a hard time with the energies, remember to breathe and drink lots of good water. Call in all the angels, masters, and teachers. They are all here. We have the power with love. Satnam Namaste Blaze Violet Fire and this is Wednesday. I sat with seven deer and three crows today in the forest near St. John's College at almost eleven this morning. Intuitively they saw all said to me, Lord Rama, there are big flares coming in. Let's embrace this light and send it all around the world. Then at 11.19, I received a text message from Tom the Ringtail Cat at Sweet Angelique the Cat. They said to me, Lord Rama, there was a mothership that showed up over Moscow in the past, and Victoria Lutonquest has reposted the picture of it today as a reminder that more and more of these motherships will be showing up and will be uncloaked. So the galactics are making themselves known more and more. As we call them in, they will show up. And I I see this every single day with the clouds. It's been for two days a cloudless sky here and lots of sun. Yet as you call them in, they will show up. There were more big solar flares today. As the energies keep getting higher, the dark side is going down faster. The king of Norway is in the hospital in Malaysia. He has contracted a mysterious virus, and it is reported that he is in serious condition. This condition has nothing to do with COVID. Blaze of violet fire. King Charles is also going down. The black nobility are losing it because of the high energies that are coming in from creator source. We are being raised up to the 12th dimension as we want it. Ride the waves. Satnam Namaste Blaze Violet Fire. And this is today. I sat with three deer and eight crows today in the forest behind Port Marcy Park. It was 10.58, mid-morning. They intuitively said to me, Lord Rama, 
big changes are afoot. Big solar flares continue to come in. Then they showed me an Easter egg in my third eye with golden light pouring out of it. Then I received a text message from Mr. X at 11.20 this morning. He said to me, Lord Rama, Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF, have committed more war crimes against the Palestinians at the behest of Prime Minister Netanyahu again. This is the quote from Democracy. This is the quote of Democracy Now! headlines early this morning. Authorities in Gaza say Israeli forces have committed a massacre in Gaza City, killing 104 at least. Later today, at about noon mountain time, Lord Rama heard on BBC radio that in an unprecedented war crimes war crime, a hundred and twenty nine Gazans were murdered in cold blood by Israeli defense forces, and over seven hundred and sixty people of Gaza were injured at that time while waiting for food aid. Mr. X went on to say, Lord Rama. Prime Minister Netanyahu will be held accountable for war crimes. There are so many starships over this area of the planet that the truth will come out sooner than later about our brothers and sisters from the stars. It will be impossible to film that area without decloaked starships showing up in the live footage on the world's airwaves. Please place all of this in the circle of support. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Satnam Namaste, break the violent fire. I pass the talking stick to you, Lady Master. <laughs> okay, I was just going to say that just a short while ago, on MSNBC, there's uh, they showing the Daily Beast headline, and it says Trump wants to break, wants a break on four hundred and sixty-four million dollar judgment. The Attorney General says, and I believe that Attorney General is, is Letitia James mm-hmm. of New York. So Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, says Trump is sneaking. He is sneaking assets that until now he has had stored in New York. And the reason that's happening is because Attorney General Letitia James said that as he does not pay up, pay up or create a bond that represents all of that money. And I think it's something like at least 11,000-something a day is being added every day in interest that he doesn't do this paying completely up. So anyway, Letitia James. It's more like it's 100,000-something a day. on. I don't think it's 11,000. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a flip load of dough. 
There's so many numbers out there. Yes, that rings yeah. a bell. I, I have no idea because he's been he's been not telling the truth about, and I don't believe he has that money. That's no, and there are extremely crazy, weird stories on the internet out there. You know, coming from the lunatic fringe connected with QAnon and the other stories that there's an emergency broadcast alert that's going to happen at any time. And somehow, you know, with the magical thinking, I use those words because I have no idea how to put this together in logical words that you know, when you have been indicted 91 times and you don't have the money, they're going to start seizing physical assets called buildings and, that and goes, property. That goes along with he's stealing, he's sneaking those assets down to Florida. So there's yeah. going to be a bit of a confrontation here with our justice system and his goons that he calls his... uh Bodyguards, uh, security team, I don't know what, you know, yet it's going to come to that point here where it might be a Mexican standoff, and I don't know what's going to happen. What's a Mexican standoff again, Rama? Where one gang has, you know, their guns pointing at you, and the other gang has the guns pointing at... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. that brings up that on yeah. Sunday... A young man self-immolated himself at 25 years of age in front of the Israeli um, embassy embassy. in D.C. That's a serious, I mean, he he literally died. And sometime between yesterday and today, Abby Martin's husband and a group of Iraqi war vets and Afghani war vets burned their uniforms and their medals in honor of Mr. Bushnell, you know, sacrificing himself. That's the name of the young man. Yes, it was hard to listen to that story. And a really good friend of his that they met when they joined the Air Force, uh, and he was holding the tears back, and I mean, he was getting ready to sob on screen, but Amy did a good job in being able to let him know that uh, we hope, we offer our deepest condolences. And I know this is tough, but um, then she proceeded and <clears throat> she asked him, you know, was he doing this in a a way of wanting to kill himself? And uh, he said, no, he. He 100% did it with courage, that he felt it needed to be the statement, needed to be named. And although the young man, his friend, said at the end, he said, as I had any any way to reach him, I would have told him you didn't have to kill yourself to yeah. do this, that there are other ways that you can... Uh, Heal this. Well, you can make something known. Yeah from yourself that will have an impact and and former colonel and well colonel ann wright was on the same show yesterday and she's also a diplomat 
And she was the one that uh, went on this boat from, I think it, they left from Italy. This is quite a few years ago. Yeah. And there were, I think, something like 30, maybe 29 to 33 people on the boat with with her. And they went into the waters of Israel. In other words, they risked their lives. And the... Medea Benjamin was with them, I think, too. Yes, she was. Yeah. I, I know there were two boats. Mm, yeah. uh, they might have both been on the same one at the same time. I'm not sure. But the um, Israeli forces uh, came in a helicopter and went down on a rope. And they actually killed some of those people. Yeah, they shot them. They did. On yeah. the boat. I'm just... It's... Um, blaze of Violet Fire. This is hard and stuff this, to talk about. This is also, you know, people are... Um, I just know some people that they're still... Uh, Believing in something that's not here anymore, and it's got to do with these these false gods, these extraterrestrial visitors that played like you know benevolent beings and played with the Matrix and Blaze of Eilers Fire. <laughs> and yes, Caroline. It's, it's, it's Penny. I, I would like to bring it back a little bit to uh, Mr. Trump because this afternoon I was going down rabbit holes. I haven't been down for quite some time. And one of them, I, it started because I was looking at the legal proceedings going on at the ICJ. I want to come back to that. But this one I found, you were talking about Trump earlier on. And on the 22nd, Lawrence O'Donnell was looking at Trump's cognitive decline. And uh, he, he, he made, uh, he found a news media article uh, from a, long, a documentary about building in New York in 1999. And, 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 and uh, Lawrence O'Donnell's question is, what happened to the mind that was sharp at that point? And he played the clip. And it's uh, Donald explaining why uh, buildings in Manhattan stand, stay standing because they're built on solid granite bedrock. And he said they have to uh, create a foundation for a building with dynamite, et cetera, et cetera. So when a building goes up, it stays up. And um, and he was very cogent. He knew what he was talking about. It was a, a very good, as as Lawrence said, it was a very good informative piece and then he was playing some things that um uh, mr trump's been coming out with lately and they make absolutely no sense that like along the lines of now they're making faucets that don't have water coming out them or won't let water come out in them and you know you have to under some showers you have to stand for quite a long time before the water will come out and Lawrence says, I don't know what to do with some of those kind of statements. Like, if the water didn't come out of your faucet, you wouldn't be standing in the shower waiting for it to happen. Anyway, he, he put forth a number of those kinds of incidents, and then Mary Trump came on, the niece. 
and she's a clinical psychologist. And uh, she's thinking they were discussing uh, what you were saying about Letitia James uh, earlier on and the amount of fines that he's receiving. And and Mary's just expecting him at any moment to go over the edge with with the pressure from that kind of um, uh, attack, you know, on his because the only thing that matters to him is money. And that was one of the things that Mary Trump talked about. That was the only discussion they ever had in the family. Money was the only thing that mattered, whether you had more than the other person, whether you could make more and all of that thing. So his his identity is vested in all those buildings he has and the money he doesn't have, which he would like everybody to believe he does have. So I thought that was a really um, important revelation that Lawrence made or discovered and then what the niece had to say about him she she thinks he's pretty basically she thinks he's pretty close to snapping right now yeah yeah so she said that about her her brother no her uncle Donald is her uncle her uncle right sorry yeah Donald is her uncle yes that's how he looks on the Daily Beast picture of him he doesn't look like he's doing well at all. Yeah, he's not in control of his faculties. He's not. He isn't too. And I just in fleeting, I I saw another one, but didn't even bother to look at it about why you know Melania or Melania Melania. How do you say her name? Melania. Melania. You know, won't have anything to do with him. If she has to walk with him, she'll walk as far away from him as she can. And she's got a look on her face of thunder. You know, it would just. Anyway, so threatened her that she can't divorce him or or else. Yes, yes, that's probably so. Um, Can I bring up something else? Because I I phoned Tara earlier on today and uh, she was busy and I just couldn't get through to her. Um, And how I don't know how many of you have seen it, but I want I'm recommending this for everybody. Um, I sent out an, an article yesterday about uh, a judge who appeared. In, he was the last person to speak in, at the International Court of Justice in The Hague. And it was about Gaza and Netanyahu. And this guy is a lawyer. Um, he was representing the Arab League. And he is the question that was put to that anybody who spoke to the um, judges, to the bench, had to answer this question. Um, Is the Israeli occupation of the Gaza Strip, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, legal under international law? And that was the subject they all had to deal with in however they dealt with it. I watched a little bit of the presentation by the Irish uh, person. I saw some other ones, short pieces. But um, I, I was, I just thought the presentation by Doctor uh, um, Ralph Wilde, is his name, W I L D E, was absolutely brilliant, just in, just awesome. And um, my, uh, he just, as they, the person says, he spoke in a melodious British accent, was a bit harsh. He's from London. And everyone was captivated by his presentation. He spoke in a dry legal manner with neither emotion nor drama. 
he proceeded to present his case like a surgeon cutting into a diseased body and removing the cancer and sewing up the incision with tight, neat stitches. It is worth listening to everybody. It is worth listening to to hear him present so clearly and so in such an organized fashion and bring up areas of the law that we may have heard in general terms, but we really know nothing about. And he goes back a 100 years and, and shows the points where the international law was clear and was totally ignored. And for reasons of empire, whether and he, he uh, said the same things about England that people say about the United States and about other places. So he, oh, it was just a brilliant act. It was just brilliant. Well, I wouldn't say act. I didn't mean that word that way. And, and I wrote this because this is what I wanted to tell you. His overview of the law and the blatant misuse and ignoring of it by world leaders for over a 100 years is something about which we know only a small amount. The enormity of what he presents is hard to accept in spite of what we know, for it represents a deliberate malice of forethought program abhorrent to almost everyone on the planet. He underlines numerous aspects of international law and who the abusers were and are. These are aspects of the law ordinary citizens know little or nothing about. However, the content of his presentation is clearly explained and very well laid out. At every point, he explains what the next subject will be, so the presentation, while demanding close attention, is not difficult to understand. And this was this came to me when I was finished with that. No doubt what he has laid out will be found to be directly applicable to all such activities currently being carried out across the planet, providing access to areas of international law that can be used by other countries and peoples in their fight to retain the rights to their own lands and sovereignty. And when he starts talking, the very first thing he says is that it's a, a crime against humanity because no one has the right to take away anybody's rights to land. And the fact that Palestinians who leave the country have no right to return and that uh, he's basically saying that Israel has made itself the maker of the law, the upholder of the law and the punisher of those who uh, don't follow the, the book that they have written out. And at every point, he just cuts it down with a sharp sword. It is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant presentation. So I, I just can't urge you that enough to take it. And um, he's... Um, I mean, let, me, let me jump in. Where might we see this? What was the gentleman's it, name? It again? was an article I sent out, but all you have to do is look it up um, under... Um, well, you could look it up under... Um, the law case, uh, ICJ and the law case against Israel for crimes so against speaking, Palestine. He was speaking in the ICJ? In the he United was expedient. Yes, he was. And yeah. I, in the article I sent out, which I sent out, it's dated uh, February 29th. Uh, this is from Global Research. And then I, the ones I set up today, I was going to send out tonight after we had this call. I'm going to send out all of the ones I'm talking about because it is really fantastic what this man did. Uh, 
Uh, and, uh, he was a he's a professor in London, a university. No, he, well, I was just trying to find his creds because um, he is. Uh, he's a member of the Faculty of Laws at University College London. He is currently engaged in an interdisciplinary research project funded by the European Research Council on the extraterritorial application of international human rights law called Human Rights Beyond Borders. So he's been working in this arena for quite a long time. And he has a PhD, so, so they refer to him as Dr. Ralph Wilde. And he's speaking on behalf of the Arab League, by the way. So, you know, and, and whatever he said, and he said at one point, the meaning was that whatever he's saying about Palestine also refers to, um, applies to the other countries in the uh, Lebanon, too. You know, nobody has any right to try and tell people that they don't belong there or anything. Oh, my. It yeah. is just brilliant. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the bigger issues that um, we are facing at this time because it's been so taken for granted for the last, you know, I don't know, thousands of years that people will migrate and some of those people are invaders. And then over time, this power structure that we call different interesting names, 13 families or cabal or whatever, uh, became the invaders and um, the settlers, particularly white settlers, taking over what is called, you know, indigenous land. And this became the norm starting in maybe the 1400s. And yes. people accepted it as progress and as, um, well, that's just how things are. And this is how history is moving forward, steamrolling forward. And, and thank God we brought these people civilization and Christianity and <laughs> all this. And now we're seeing a tremendous shift. Absolutely, and mm -hmm. a shift. And, well, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, because I just read another one this morning out of, or this afternoon out of the uh, from the Tai, which is a, an online newspaper out of Vancouver, and the people on the west coast, the Indian people, the indigenous people on the west coast, are putting up one hell of a fight with industry and especially the oil industry, and there's a battle going on uh, right now. Well, you know that Mr. Trudeau uh, purchased um, that uh, oil pipeline from a, an, an American company that was losing money hand over fist, and they went back to Texas. Which and Trudeau? Which Trudeau I, are you referring to? For, uh, uh, the current one. Uh, okay. Okay. Justin. Justin. So he uh, bought it on yeah. behalf of the people of Canada. So our taxpayer, our tax dollars are going to pay for a, a, a project that's losing money daily. And there's these, there are battles going on galore with various uh, First Nations people who have never ceded their rights to this land. Yes. And, and there's, more, there's going to be more blow-ups than there are even at the moment, and there's enough of them now about the, the, that these lands are, like the article I was reading today, it's down near um, Kamloops. And it's just about a half an hour, three quarters of an hour south and west of Kamloops in the mountains. And they, people have been going there for over 10,000 years. 
and the and the treaties that were signed with the settlers with the these people the govern government of the day did not cede any of their rights they're still there in in law they're still the owners of that land and the way the oil companies and some people are behaving like our prime minister they're behaving like netanyahu so i'm no. just dancing with excitement that some of the things that this guy wild brought up are principles that can apply to a lot of people in a lot of places like try the solomon islands and try tonga and try all those other places where the americans have gone in you know and tried to to take over and so on so that's why i'm so excited about this presentation aside from the implications for uh uh gaza and the palestinians and by the way he he said uh wild says that or the one yeah one of the writers said that if they pass this law if the if the international court of justice justice agrees with the speakers then all of the economic stuff anything any economic thing of any kind related to israel will just disappear you know they their norway has always ready pulled out their pension pension funds and somebody else is all oh i can't remember which country it is that provides them with parts for their f13s or whatever their jets are they refuse to give them any more parts and yes. for their airplanes and so on so there's already a movement rising against uh, where it's going to hurt them the most where it's going to hurt exactly. the israeli government the most it, which is in exactly. the pocketbook they're going to have to hit them in the pocketbook and the bank accounts and wallet yes and 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 that would be the only thing that would get their attention is if thing people divest left right and center but you see this in the US as well with the indigenous people here claiming land rights and uh water rights and there's the on social media there's this hashtag land back and in certain parts of the country you see that uh, you know um spray painted on walls it says, says land back meaning the indigenous want their land back and okay they're only like five percent of the u.s population but um they are gaining in strength and, and visibility on many levels um but i well their to... land was the whole land of the was the whole land that everybody else is living on right now so to get yes, it back exactly. there's going to have to be serious 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 no gate negation well, i think i think uh, that um Nassara will will pave the way for a lot. I had somebody send in a question. Um Silver members of the abundant living program send in a question every month and it was about the fact that what we have in the US is a corporation not a country which I know Raman Tarov talked about a lot the states uh so many of the towns they're corporations and they're run like that. If you've got a corporation uh, the only legal rights you have is to produce a notice of liability and to show that they have failed the consumers they failed the people that are supporting them with tax dollars because the tax dollars support the corporation and what came out in the channeled answer was that the structure the military structure of the corporation uh worldwide is starting to weaken and to lose its viability on a legal level because 
there are aspects of Nisara law that are already starting to move into that structure and to uh, supplant it, to release it. I wanted Rama's input on that, if he felt intuitively or from what his people say, uh, that some of Nisara is already starting to stand on its own. It would interest me a lot to hear um, what what Rama says or, or Tara says about that. I would say that, yeah, it is already. I've heard many stories on Native America calling this um, show on NPR every day. And um, there are reparations happening, but it's not being discussed in the lamestream media. It's other places you got to find the news, so to speak. Except for one time, Tremaine Lee. Yeah, uh, Tremaine uh, Lee. Um, MSNBC, um, who was it that had him on? Uh, Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes. Had Tremaine Lee on. He talked about reparations. And the black farmers that go back to the Burgovane Fund and uh, 40 Acres and a Mule. And I've heard about this what you've been talking about, Penny, uh, Native America calling where the indigenous people are getting in the faces of the corporations to the point where, you know, you put the bodies on the machines, so to speak, the violence and, uh, you know, like what happened at Standing Rock where, you know, the cops, the security forces started opening fire and killing folks and shooting folks. And let's hope it doesn't get like that yet. They're pushing it. And I would just say Mr. Castro Trudeau is going to get his medicine just like the rest of the 13 families because Mother Earth is not for sale at any price. He can't own her. And when we get that, then there can be peace. Yeah, that is fascinating. I hadn't thought about that. Now, when you're talking about reparations, Ramantara, you're talking about to African Americans or Native Americans or both? Well, both. Thing, it's everybody because what they're talking about is the black farmer's case. They're talking about if we want to go back to something like 18. 67 or something, they declared that people of color were only three-fifths of a person. Yeah. Which we know there's no such thing. What Was that Dred Scott? What was... No. It was Dred uh, Scott. What was that called? That's case. Oh, my God. We read all about it, but... I, yeah. Forgive me now. I, I got a blank. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, it was about, I think it was about 1867, you know. And wasn't, wasn't it the U.S. government that did that when they were importing slaves? The U.S. government did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. to determine how much uh, of a vote. Yeah, I don't know what it was called, though, Penny. I mean, uh, um, I don't know what it was called. Do you well, know? the reason for it was because they were bringing them as slaves, and if they treated them like human beings, they'd have to give them a lot more. But as a slave, they had to diminish their humanness. Mm-hmm. They would treat them like animals. 
And that way they can, you know, work them wherever they need to work them. So they were only declared three-fifths of a person. Right. They couldn't be, they couldn't be, it was political. They weren't allowed to read either. They weren't allowed to do anything because they weren't people. Right. They were below, they were below that. And that is exactly how um, the Israelis are treating the Palestinians. Yeah. They just Israel, consider it, them worse than animals. Well, yeah. Israeli, no, Israel wants to get rid of the Palestinians, period. Yeah, yeah they want to completely eliminate them. As, well, uh, they've, been tr- they've been trying to do that for a long, long time, and way before is- Israel became a state. I mean, way before, it goes way back for three or 4,000 years. They've been warring. Yes. Because Palestine, you got to remember, the Palestinians occupied all of Israel. It's, yeah. it was, there was never uh, an Israel. That was an imposition. That's yeah. a new term in the 20th century when the Israels took over the land and pushed the Palestinians to where they are now. Yeah. They and took their land more. from them. Exactly. So it's an ongoing war, you know, about who's got the power, who doesn't. And the Israelites bring it all out of the Bible because they're the chosen people. I mean, I'm not disrespecting anybody in this. I just think it's a horrible example of of man's inhumanity to man, so to speak, humankind. A lot of people don't know the history. And I really wish people would read up on the history. I mean, look what they've done to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He didn't look anything like what I saw growing up, or maybe what you saw growing up. Mm-hmm. He was a Palestinian Jew that was a little taller than the average man. At that state, at that time, they weren't much taller than five foot five. The men weren't three thousand over three thousand years ago. He yeah. was about five eight or nine, which was very tall. Yeah, Omina also he had brown skin. Well, I know that. And he had a big nose. And he looked very Jewish. <laughs> and he had and brown he had, eyes. He did have kind of curly, flowing hair because he can't, he, his uh, blend, uh, uh, he, was, he was called an Ebionite. Right. Which, but he never, he never grew the hair as long. None of the men in that time grew the hair as long as they portrayed him now. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. He had a big nose. He had brown eyes. And what he had going for him was his charm, his his charismatic personality, because he had he did not come into his gifts, you might say, or his ascension gifts until he was thirty years old. Up to then he was just a regular you might have called him a vagabond preacher. But he was a regular carpenter, which would have put him on the high end of society at the time, because he was a skilled laborer. Yeah, but but he did he did walk on his own to Jerusalem and talk to those Pharisees, and they were sitting like they were just completely floored. And they well, did- he was he had an awful lot of wisdom. He, yeah. he he made the trip to Jerusalem when they were doing all the uh, or was it was it Jerusalem yeah when they were doing the census his first trip was twelve years old and usually the males in the house with the twelve year olds made that long trip 
he would not go without his mother. That's right. That's true. And she was the only one. She went because he took her places that no women were allowed, and he included women in uh, in everything. His family. He had. He was the oldest of I think eight or nine. His family thought he was totally nuts and wanted to put him into an asylum. Right. Exactly. Okay. Oh, okay. Goodness. I mean, it's 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 all. I was there when all that was happening. Wow. Well, so it's like, and I'm telling you, I think I've told you before. He's in Israel now. Yeah. But he's here as an ascended master. He he's an ascended master there. Yes, he can come in and out whenever he wants, but he's there. Yeah. You get I can feel him. I know he's there. I can feel him. I can see him. Oh wow. I always feel him when he's around. Well, this to me signals the end of, of the old era, one hundred percent. Well, that's the whole yes, that's that's part of it, but when you're dealing with human beings as we are, it takes a little time. Yes. Because you have the whole free will thing, you know, you have. And the other thing is that we put so much on suffering, which was not the intention at all. We put so much on suffering and we think everything is the body, the ego and suffering and whatever it is. And that is, and I'm not diminishing the grief and the horrors that people go through, but there's so much put on it that, that let me find the words first, that that's not who we are at all. Yeah. That's not, I, I said before, um, oh, it's late at nine, my brain kind of shuts down at 10 o'clock. Um, we're part of the earth, but not of the earth, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. That's, sure. that's, that's, we're supposed to be here for the experience, but not to become a part of it. No. In other words, if we don't become a part of it, we don't become a, we don't internalize the trauma of, of souls or people that want to become a part of it. Mm. Wow, that's a big issue right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I think it's, about it a lot. Yep. <laughs> well, I want to lighten up a bit because you were talking about Native Americans and the land, and I saw somewhere um, this neighbor said to his neighbor, why don't you go back to where you came from? And he said, <laughs> so I parked on his lawn. <laughs> Well, there's, that, there's a story of a woman who is speaking in a native language, like, you know, Navajo or Diné or something at a shop. And the man comes up to her. Maybe he thought she was speaking. I don't know what some some other language. And he said, man, you know, this is America and <laughs> you shouldn't be speaking that language. And she and, you know, go back where you came from. And she she said, well, you should be speaking English. And, and the woman said, well, sir, this was my land first. And if you want to speak English, go back to England. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, it's like, I think the biggest problem on this earth, 
I think I've said it before. I think they're from another planet. Is the white male. Yeah. They're the trouble of all evil on this earth. They begin it. They try to control it. And I'm not against all white males, believe me. No way. But I think that's the seed somewhere because it's so disconnected from an awful lot the rest of us. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at history, invasions and wars and slavery, the whole bit, England is a big part of it. They've gone to every country. They've tried to rape every country, take every country for what it's worth. They've done that everywhere. So I don't know if there's anything to it or not, but intuitively I think there is a lot to it. Well, I think we've talked about that a lot on this show, and Ram and Tarv talked about it on other shows, how whiteness was made supreme and, and maleness was made supreme, and patriarchy and the whole hierarchical system where there were slaves at the bottom and there were so-called royalty at the top. That's how the, the human race has been enslaved via that chain of command. And if people were going to stand on their own and be recognized as their own authority and as sovereign beings and not be anybody's lackey, that's going to shift the whole paradigm of the whole planet. And certainly war is justified this way. You know, we've heard like the Israeli uh, defense minister, whatever, yelling about how all Palestinians are Nazis. Well, how, how is how are the IDF behaving except that they're it's ethnic cleansing? You know, the irony is so horrifying, but there's still people out there who say, if if you think that they shouldn't be bombing the daylights out of Gaza, you must be anti-Semitic, which is just the sickest, most bizarre uh, anti-logic on God's green earth. Well, the uh, truth is, if the Israelis could, they would round up every Palestinian and gas them. Yes. And that's not any different than what the Nazis did. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there, Israel says that there, it's never going to happen to them again. So you do that by turning around and make it happen to other people you're threatened by. Yeah. So you know it. It it's just madness. Yeah. That they that there's an awful lot of people in Israel who vicariously are traumatized by what happened in World War II because you have grandmothers, great-grandmothers, parents, whatever they are, the family, that's been passed down through generations who have been vicariously traumatized by that, who make absolute decisions that's never going to happen to them again. But then what do they do? Turn around. And so in order to protect yourself, you're going to annihilate people? Uh, Omina, not protection. It's revenge. Yeah, it's revenge. It's revenge, but it's both. Yes, it's both. They perceive it. I mean, the the news reaching people in Israel is so slanted, and so they don't really know what's happening. They think they're protecting themselves. That's the rationalization. Oh. Go ahead, Penny. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was I was just thinking to add a little tone of levity to this conversation. I think Omina should be a guest on the John Stewart show. And sure. I, I say that because Mr. Stewart <clears throat> has inaugurated a new segment on his program starting this week, which is third time on air after however many years of silence. And they've called it the futile crescent. And yeah. some 
Oh, everybody but definitely would be interesting to go on there and read a nation forum. Well, I tell you what, everything that you just said about the irony of all the things that that Israeli is saying and doing is is exactly what John Stewart brought up. And then he pulls the best faces I've ever seen of, of astonishment and everything else and bewilderment. I mean, he's a comic with just his face. And right. I think you should go and help him with that. I mean, he could use some backup. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could, the pair of you would be pretty funny, you know. Probably. <laughs> pro yeah, you, probably. No doubt. No doubt. You know. Well, it's but like it, because the world is tragically funny. Yes. yes. You know, in, in terms of what it does and what it doesn't do. But that history goes back so far. I mean, it goes back to the Romans, the Muslims, the Arabs. The Jews, the two different sects of Jews that were on a, the ones that were in were in one side were the um, I can't remember the name of them. The ones that Jesus came from were just Palestine Jews. I mean, there's an awful lot of history there with that, where they were fighting amongst each other, and the Romans was definitely. You look crossways on the Romans and they're going to put you on a cross. I mean, that's where the whole cross came from. That was to humiliate people and kill kill people by putting them up on the cross. That was just a method of punishment at the time. I think it was George Carlin said, I love George Carlin too because he had such an irreverent sense of humor. He said, if Jesus was alive today, and they killed him in the electric chair. Would every little girl or boy go around with a with an electric chair on the, on their chain instead of a cross? <laughs> That's oh awesome. That is awesome. Oh it is. But but you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. And that's what John that's what John Stewart's doing. I'm gonna send that link out as well. Because <laughs> yeah. that's there's just a, too good. There's a lot of there's a lot of truth to it. And George Carland was gifted in terms of he must have been raised Catholic, because in terms of some of the things he said about Catholicism, it just makes you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and it was and I thought that was I just thought that one was just it just made me chuckle. I thought it was perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Irish comedian did the same thing, but I can't think of his name. He's passed away. They're both passed on. And and we miss we miss that kind of humor because they neutralized everything. Yes. Yes. You know? They really they were irreverent reverently irreverent. But they neutralized everything and took that heavy, heavy stuff out of it and made you look at things in a different way. Oh, my God, he's right. We'd be all going around with electric chairs in our in our on our chains. <laughs> oh. I'm sure Jesus Christ himself would smile at that. He did have a sense of humor. He, he did it. And it still does have an amazing sense of humor. He yeah, he does. Yeah, it's very quick. It's a very quick humor, but I want to uh, switch gears a tiny wee bit um, and say, ask Rama, and probably Tara knows the answer to this as well, but when they talk about the energies that are coming in, which are pretty dang intense, and then you're saying there's highest cosmic law will allow. Okay, but are we 
um, integrating the light and acclimating to these energies enough with each week or month or what have you that they can ratchet it up even higher. And it's with it's an allowable because we've integrated it. Is that happening or is it the same level of vibration coming in, in your opinion? I would say that we are handling it in the sense that more and more of us are integrating these extremely high energies and the quantum field is helping us do that because we're all connected to the quantum field. And as more of us experience that oneness, it changes the vibration on the planet where, like I keep saying, it's really becoming polarized, crystallized, where you're watching the insanity going on with the rest of the folks who you know think I need Thorazine and a straitjacket and the rest of the folks that are waking up and having tea with the galactics at this present time and you know I, I gotta say that uh Sooner than later, everybody's going to experience it. It's not a negative thing. Yet the 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 folks that are like Omina calls them adolescent souls, toddler souls. For so long, this idea of control and division and keeping folks in, in sort of a order, so to speak, with the matrix, you know. It, it's also that statement that there's only one of us here. Yeah. And that includes all the toddler souls and all the adolescent souls and all the good, bad, and the ugly, because that's the one beingness of it all. And that's what's so important about that statement John once said that war is over if you want it. Yeah. And as we walk amongst the people like yes you did, that's the name that he went by. There were no J's at the time. So his uh, name was spelled Y E S U and pronounced Yeshu. Uh the, that's just neither here nor there, but um, the point is, is that, you know, the Pharisees loved him, yet they didn't want to do, they didn't want to reflect what he was teaching them. They wanted to keep on making money in the temple. And so, yes, you, uh, did something about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, on the third day, they were no longer on earth in bodies and that was a choice they knew they were doing the wrong thing they insisted on it and he warned them and uh this is this is what's going on here now um they uh powers that be right now we, we call them oligarchs um 
they have been playing musical chairs uh, not too many days ago. There was on MSNBC a shot of Donald Trump at a some kind of event, and he had literally orange, bright orange hair on the top of his head, and he had brown hair, you know, by the nap of his neck and by his ears there and in the back. And I've never seen anything like that to go. And then another day, the next day, he didn't have any of that. It was not there at all. It was another hologram. In other words, they're playing musical chairs with holograms from the place. And, uh, you know, whatever it takes to wake people up. I mean, people are looking at the TV. And I guess if they're a toddler soul or they're adolescent soul, they don't even see it. They're just looking there and just, you know, being followers. I I don't know. But, uh, and then uh, who was that? His um, his niece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Penny, you mentioned that she came on the air there. But she just said he's on the verge of completely breaking down in front of everybody. Uh, whichever hologram that is. Uh, when you get to the holographic stage, there's no essence of soul there uh, at all. So there's been a takeover, you might say, uh, of what they want people to believe that is there by those so-called oligarchs, except they're scared too now, right? Yeah. You were told that by your factions. Yeah, they, they know the galactic forces are here and the timeline has changed. And they are petrified about what's coming in. And they can't stop what's coming in. And Mr. X told you today that Netanyahu knows his fate. That's right. He doesn't want to do anything except not have to go to jail. That's why they're kind of playing with other stories around the planet, like Mr. Fake Putin you know, threatening Mr. Macron, if you send troops to Ukraine, I'm going to launch the nukes, you know. Yeah, Macron. Macron said he's thinking today, he said this, uh, French President Macron. He said, I'm thinking of sending troops into Ukraine. And then the deep state remembered that the fake Putin is created by our deep state said back to him, you try that and we're going to have a nuclear war and it will end civilization. That's a signal. And you know, Ashtar, your father said that will not happen. That's right. And so no dates yet. This is nuclear brinkmanship, saber rattling, and it does create you know, some un, unsettling energies, and that's where we, as... Um, it scares people more than ever. And we got to send more violet flame light and more love. That and the kind it. of scary energy is food for the dark ones. Loosh! Yeah, I just leave that labeling alone. It's it's so evil, it's yeah. un, unspeakable to me. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we continue to blaze the violet fire. And as Meher Baba always says, what does he say? Baba? Don't worry. Be happy. That's the word. <laughs> Let's dance, huh, Omina? <laughs> I'm saying absolutely to my phone that's turned off. Oh, hi, Randy. Greetings, everybody. I'm a little more late than I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. We had well, a heck happy of a to see you. We had a heck of a discussion about the same thing we're talking about in another new group. Oh, wow. Another new group. There are people. They were only three people. Only three people. But the that's amount all you of need. It, but the amount of exchange and understanding was absolutely incredible. And the fact that, that you know, um, things are changing. And, and things are changing so fast. So fast. But everything's right in front of our faces. All we have to do is realize that some of these things that are being portrayed are there for a reason to keep us on our point. To keep us doing what we're doing and don't keep doubting ourselves. Are we on the wrong path? No, we're not. And it doesn't matter if you go, what are we discussing? It doesn't matter if you go off the path, you're still on the same path. Because we need sometimes to rest. We need to take a break. Because there's so many changes going on in the entire flipping universe that's affecting our little universe here on the planet, then the universe that's inside you, and we all have to try to keep everything in balance. But, you know, there is, everything looks like it's chaos. No, it's not. There is chaos, but there's divine order within that chaos to sort everything out. We're too one-sided. We're too masculine. We've been too masculine for too many years it's time to bring the feminine balance back into things and eventually we're going to get to that point where everything is total balance and when everything is total balance we won't need any of this technology because we'll simply be all telepathic we'll know what's all going on the earth will be pristine again because we will create that without the use of technology and this is what they're doing they're shoving all this technology on us. All you need a new TV. You need a new phone. Oh, look at look at you need this new car. Consumption, 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 and keep you in that 3D world where you don't move anywhere because they're controlling everything. But if you noticed what's happening to many of the old people, the old what I call the old controllers, they're all being taken out by nature nature's taking its course this one died of that this one died of that they just decided to expire the soul said i've had enough of this i'm going they're all that time exactly it's that time but there is no time well you know what you're when you're talking about the feminine, the masculine energy, and it's been the masculine energy in control for such a long time. It doesn't surprise me at all with the chaos, divine chaos. It's because the feminine energy is rising, and that's going to cause an awful lot of chaos. 
Yes. And the old masculine cannot, the masculine always figures out that they can create life. Sorry, only the feminine energy can give. The man life. can give the life, but only the feminine energy can create the life. And that's why the masculine energy is wearing out. Exactly. Yeah. So in it, order to come into balance, in order to come into balance, you know, how many animals, the thing is there's, you just have to look at sometimes in some of the things that happens in the animal world. Oh, yeah. Animals will shift from a male species to a female species and pregnant itself to create another one. That happens in nature. Yep. Well, that was very good. I just want to share something funny because I think we all walk around looking like what I'm going to share with you. It's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things on Facebook that, that you play and it tells you what your motto is. So I put my name in there to see what my motto is. And this is what it came up with. And it actually suits my personality. It says, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. <laughs> I love that one. I love that it. is awesome. And yes, yeah. it's you to a T. Well, that's what I thought it was by. I mean, I, I just love it because it's like, oh, really? You're going to tell me that I can't stand the storm? That yeah. tells you how much the devil knows. He knows nothing or she knows nothing or whatever that entity is. <laughs> and and so why, do far, I, why, why do farmers put uh, bells on their cows? I don't know why. Because the horns don't work. There you go. <laughs> Good. And here's me thinking farmers didn't have a sense of humor, Randy. Oh. oh my God, they do. Farmers, if you knew any farmers, they have they have. I know. I know yeah. tons they of them. They got down to earth humor. Yeah. I lived with an Irish farmer for a while. He's a brilliant sense of humor, still does. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You gotta see the humor in everything. It's like walking through hell, walk through it like as if you own it. I, I had one farmer's experience I gotta tell you about. I, I can't remember the organization I was part of, but they took us to a farm in Indiana, northern Indiana, somewhere. It was the summer, it was nice. Uh, but they said, You're gonna have to go here and have an experience about being a farmer. So you're gonna go, you're gonna go milk that. Betsy the cow over there and I I mean they told me what to do and I was squirting myself in the face every other time this <laughs> is hysterical but anyway she was looking at me like I had lost my mind <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it was fun it was really fun and yeah called yeah. experience I guess yeah yeah I I also have had um a time of uh Learning to milk a cow. I mean, the old-fashioned way, not just hooking up these machines to them. And, right. uh, yeah, she turned and looked at me a few times like, all right, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> they, they I, love love I love them. They're so sweet. Um, I was just wondering before we close, everyone, if we could just send a lot of love to Aaron Bushnell and to all those lost in Gaza 
and um, all those who um, are as well on the peace line uh, and the support workers, the aid workers uh, who are trying to get through and trying to do the airdrops and trying to drive those trucks in despite the IDF stopping them because they found a spoon on the truck and they said, no, that could be used for some device or some absolute nonsense. Um, I just, particularly I'm thinking of Baron Bushnell, that story really touched me. Uh, I, I feel it was an act of bravery, even though, um, yes, his friend did say he would have begged him, please don't do this, but his friend loved him. That's why, you know, um, the gentleman who was interviewed on Democracy Now! yesterday. And um, of course, we don't want to see our loved ones go up in flames. And yet this is occurring. And the, that statement maybe needed to be made. And that was maybe a very, very highly developed soul. So uh, without judgment, I just hope we will all of us send a ray of light from our heart right now to all those lost in Gaza, inviting them to come back to this earth when and if they are ready. Those still there living in hunger, surviving operations with no anesthesia. Giving birth on the street. Just rays of love and light. Rays of light going to Aaron Bushnell and his loved ones. With thanks to all in the armed forces who are standing for peace now. Thanks to all demonstrators. Jewish, Muslim, and otherwise, standing for peace. Thanks to those we have lost and those who are still here. And now if we can send love to our interesting government and military, to the IDF and their government, Let them know we love them. And of course, it's very hard to respect the path of someone who causes us pain, whether they die too soon or they're the one pulling the trigger. But we do send respect for all these paths. And we blaze the violet fire for all these situations. We call in our galactic friends, the ascended masters, the angelics, on all levels of light, higher light, to show themselves, to step forward. We give them permission from our free will to intervene in drastic and powerful ways now to prevent further loss of life and to right the wrongs and anchor divine justice in this planet. And we give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. And Lakesh, I am another you. You are another me. So I'll pass that talking stick to Ram and Tara and let them 
close for the evening if they would like with much love and thanks to our viewers. Um, we would like to bring up the housekeeping that needs to be handled at this time. Yeah. Um, and we are just grateful for the assistance now at this time. Yeah. We request $1,111 for the whole month of um, February. Uh, since this is the last day, it's all of that is due. We've, we've been able to pay the past due from December, and January's all done. So, well done. Yet, <laughs> um, that's outstanding. And yes. E.T. said that, um, well, Rama, told you told E.T. that uh, next week, that he would he was making a pledge to ET that we'll do our best next week to pay you the two hundred dollars that we still owe you. Yeah. And he said that's good, yet don't worry. You know, let in other words, um do what you need to do. Get that darn Osiro announced. What's the matter here? Yeah. <laughs> he, and I I just gotta say I gotta honor Rama because you know E.T.'s been our auto repair service man and all of the folks, we know them all that work for him over the years. But this has been going on for at least 30 years, right? Yeah. And he has sat and his mother went over the rainbow not too long ago, but she would be there every day too. So Rama would hang out with E.T.'s mom and E.T. be running in and out between things. And he would educate them on what Nasara Law is all about. And E.T. did not forget a thing. No. He knows everything about it. And now he's chatterboxing about it to the people that come in there and get the car fixed. We can do this. And I just, I'm saying, let's dance. And I pass that <laughs> talking stick back to you, Caroline. Okie doke. Um, well, Micah. Um... Okay, so Randy's saying here to someone say the other day there will be a huge galactic event of a sighting that will be seen by thousands. We certainly invite that in. And Mike this, has Aug this August, I forgot to put okay. that in. He's okay. saying this August there'll be a big sighting. Thousands upon thousands of people will see it. All right. Well, we welcome that even sooner than August. <laughs> so that sounds great. Um, and Micah, you had one last message. That's great. We're open to that. And then we'll close for the evening. Yeah. Thank you, Caroline. Um, I just wanted to let our audience know about the World World Council for Health. You can look them up, worldcouncilforhealth.org, O-R-G. Um, I guess they started out as a pretty grassroots uh, um, organization, but they've from from how far they've come when I first heard about them is really impressive. They're in... Uh, 37 different um, countries across the world. Um, anyhow, check them out. They're, they've got a lot of really great resources and um, uh, basically solutions that, like the Great Free Set, which is a solution to the Great Reset <laughs> and Seven Principles of a Better Way. Um, very great information on there for our project. Thank you very much.
Okay. I think we lost you right at the end there, Micah. What was your last statement? Um, just some really great, uh, great you know, resources and material to to study and uh, be a part of. Um, it's uh, the, they're they're basically kind of working together with local communities to create their own uh, solutions to, to uh, in particular, to in the event of a another uh, emergency or whatever. They're they're um, anyhow. It's, it's all on the website. Highly recommend checking it out. Okay. Thank you so much, Micah. Thank you to everyone. Huge blessings to our listeners and much love to everyone. And we will get through this together, as they say. Um, just keep blazing that violet fire. So, all right, uh, Don, I guess we're ready for our music. And uh, much love to everyone. Namaste. Namaste.